Hey everyone, this is Andrew Fouts. I'm the Director of Digital Resources for CSRM and the host of Ministry Misfits. And today we want to invite you to join us at REACH Gathering 2021 in Ridgecrest, North Carolina, September 14th through the 16th. Um, the reason we love to go to REACH Gathering, the reason we partner with the REACH Gathering is because we are all about resources and relationships, and especially these relationships with like-minded ministers that are able to come together and think about why we are, why we love sports rec and fitness ministry, how we want to see the, our communities reach with the gospel through these methods, and to talk about how to do these things from a theological and a biblical perspective. So we hope to see you all there. There's still time for you to register at reachgathering.org backslash register. And we would love for you to meet you all there at the CSRM booth, as well as all the other partner booths that will be there as well. CSRM Tuesday Talk, a monthly roundtable discussion covering a range of relevant topics in ministry and current events. Let's join Dr. Greg Linville, Dan Stoffer, and Greg English as we hear from international experts in the fields of sports, recreation, and fitness ministry. Welcome again to another CSRM Tuesday Talk. Uh, it seems like a long time since we met last, but it's only been uh, since the uh, summer. And so we took the month of July off. And so here we are today. And today we're going to talk about a very interesting topic, um, a topic that maybe you've never envisioned incorporating into your uh, sports ministry. And uh, it's a topic of video games, e-games. E and I think for... Uh, a lot of people uh, during COVID, um, it sent a lot of us scrambling in the local church, especially with our sports rec and fitness ministries. And so we have some experts here today that uh, are going to kind of share their experiences and what they have done and how they've leveraged video games to make disciples, uh, to introduce people to the gospel. Uh, to get them connected through their sports rec and fitness ministries. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and have our conversationalist uh, just share a few words about themselves. And so uh, we'll go ahead and do that right now. Uh, Antoine, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about who you are uh, and where you're located. Well, hey, man, thanks for thanks, Dan, for for uh, you guys hosting this conversation. And uh, I'm so glad to be a part of it. Uh, my name is Antoine. I lead a uh, young adult ministry organization here in North Dallas uh, called Elevate, uh, Elevate YA. And uh, so if you're if you're in town, then look us up. If you're looking for 18 to 35 year old young adults looking to find each other, Christian young adults, then um, we can help you do that. And maybe even help you find the church if you don't have a church home. Uh, but yeah, so that is that is what we do. And so I kind of jumped into doing some video game stuff with um, with pastors and with Christian kind of, kind of create trying to create a, a Christian environment 
And so that's how I that's how I met Andrew and then kind of got connected with you guys. So I love what you're doing. I love um, the the thinking that we need to have to, to think outside of the box and figure out whatever going to be the best ways to pull people into a Christian community with each other along a discipleship journey. So excited to be a part of the conversation. Thanks for having me. We're glad that you're here, Antoine. And uh, next we have Cody. Cody, tell us uh, a little bit about you and your background and where you're located. Yeah, so I uh, I am currently the uh, technical director of um, our Sunday services at my church in Deltona, Florida. Uh, my church is named Deltona Alliance Church. I um, also partake in our youth ministry here. But on the side, I have um, I was streaming uh, using Twitch as a uh, platform to share the gospel, uh, streaming myself playing video games and sharing the gospel and reading scripture on stream while I was uh, playing video games and trying to use that as a creative outlet to get the gospel out um, and also slightly incorporated it into um, my volunteer work and what I'm doing here, as long as being on as well as being on part time at my church. Um, so using, you know, video games to reach out to some of the youth here at our church as well, which I uh, will talk about later and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, basically trying to, you know, use streaming myself as a way of sharing the gospel. That's really exciting. I think, um, you know, God allows for so much creativity uh, when it comes to sharing that foundational truth and any way we can get it out there. Um, it's, you know, God's going to work with that. So I uh, appreciate that. Can't can't wait to hear more about all of that. And uh, last but not least, from the great state of Ohio, I have to say that, uh, John, tell us about where you are, even though I just kind of gave it away, and uh, what, what church you're with. Hey, Dan, thanks for having me. Great to meet these guys and uh, to be a part of the discussion. My name is John Keating. I am the outreach and sports pastor at the NAS Church in Grove City, Ohio. So southwest suburb of Columbus, and uh, my role and in, in involvement of leadership here is sports ministries of all kinds, from three-year-olds to uh, eighty-plus. And um, we almost had our first ninety-year-old, but they weren't uh, a gamer, so uh, we didn't pull them in on that world yet. But uh, I also run our outreach ministries and a part of our preaching team as well. So. Uh, it's great to be a part of this group and a forward-thinking discussion like this. We're glad to have you, John, and uh, we're excited to just kind of see where this conversation goes. Uh, we encourage you, uh, wherever you're watching this, you know, grab a pen, some paper, uh, write some stuff down, because anything we can do to expand our ministries, uh, that's what we're all about here with CSRM. And so, uh, as, as always, we're joined by uh, Greg English as well. And uh, Greg, go ahead and tell us real quickly uh, where you're located and what you're about. Then we'll turn it over to you and uh, my uh, my associate staff member, uh, Andrew Fouts, and we'll go from there. My name is Greg English. I live in uh, Richmond, Virginia. And so I've been at Cool Spring uh, for 13 years, uh, 12 of that, which was uh, recreation sports. And now I work more specifically with uh, the total staff uh, and staff development strategy there. Prior to that, we lived in uh, Northern Africa, Middle East doing uh, sports uh, ministry there and uh, served as president of CSRM board for uh, I don't know, five or six years uh, there. So that's kind of my connection as well. So I'm excited about the conversation today because uh, I'm intrigued by it. I, I grew up a gamer, you know, the Atari 2600 and uh, haven't have not gained since the ColecoVision, 
you know, hit the market and Nintendo. So, uh, but I have uh, two two adult uh, sons that have games, so I'm really excited about it, intrigued in uh, some of the information we're going to share today. So, just glad to be here. I was telling uh, Andrew before we started uh, the last video game system I remember having. Of course, this is this is pre kids, right? So, right after I got married, was the the uh, the first Xbox. And the last Madden that I bought, which I used to always get that Madden that was on the waiting list. And as soon as it came out, I'd get it was Madden 2005. So I too am interested. It's been a long time to see where all this goes. And well, Dan, uh, Dan, let me tell you, there's the Madden community would tell you that not much has changed in Madden since 2005. <laughs> you, you, would, you would probably be able to pick the game up and be very familiar with what was going on. In fact, you'd be like, hey, there's some things missing. Yeah. <laughs> Like the main difference is that they keep slowing Tom Brady down every year. Is the only uh, <laughs> only difference at this point. Yeah. Oh, they're going to need him with a walker here soon for sure. So, all right, Andrew, since you're the the brains behind all this, we're going to turn it over to to you to start firing away with some questions here, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. The scary thought when you use the word brain for me here. Um, yeah, I'm Andrew Fouts. I'm the director of digital resources for CSRM. Um, I am most of you that only listen to the Tuesday talks probably know me just as one of the producers here. Um, but I, I met Antoine, met Cody through some of the gaming communities, met John through the CSRM podcast. And we decided this would be a good topic to talk about as we approach uh, colder months, as we approach a new level of COVID restrictions. Um, and this is something we hope that you guys will enjoy. So we're going to start off actually um and I'm going to start with Antoine because I already know you have the answer and you've, I've asked you this question before. Um, and then we'll let Cody and John jump in. But we want to start with the fact that we know within the church, there's a little bit of a stigma when it comes to technology in general, but video games. Um, and so we want to hear from you guys, first of all, why do you think we've got this stigma within the church as far as uh, approaching the idea of gaming? So, Anton, we'll start with you and then Cody, John, you guys can can jump in. Yeah, I think I think the stigma is so um, attached to childhood and, you know, um, you know, the stigma has to do with parenting, <laughs> has to do with parenting. Our parents grew up and they saw video games as a foil to their to their parenting um, uh, tactics. And so when they look, when they think about video games, they think about immaturity they think about um they think about laziness they think about wasting time uh, and they have a hard time uh redeeming video game time and of course now that we're all older those of us who are gaming and i'm 40 something and i still participate you know it's hard for for adults to see other adults and say what you're still you're still doing that I always, I always say though, I'm like, yay, but games are games. And so like, do you play golf? Cause golf is a game, you know what I mean? Like, or basketball or any of these other things, like these are games that we play when we were younger. So uh, that, that we just, we've, you know, there's more value to it than fun uh, that we learned once we got older, it keeps us fit in some way or, or whatever it is, you know, sharpens our minds. Uh, and so video games is just one of those things. But yeah, I think the stigma has to do with that whole maturity thing and a wasting time thing. And um, yeah, I think there's I think there's much, much more to it than that. There is that there's 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 some validity to some of that. Probably not. Probably there is some validity to, to that in some areas. 
but uh, but there's also much, much more than that. There's far more redeemable aspects. John, Cody, anything to add? Sure, I'll jump in. You know, I think uh, as a whole, uh, a, the general church hasn't done well in embracing technology, which is what makes Tuesday talks like this great because it can reach so far. But I know even on Sunday mornings, I no longer say, hey, open up your Bibles. I say, turn your Bibles on. And people are like, there's no way that the scriptures can be the same on my phone as in the Bible. And it's like, yes, it can. And it's okay uh, to have that. I think the general thought is every game is like GTA and it's just going to be a rough, wild debauchery of uh, lifestyle education. But in reality, uh, people are using this, they value it, they spend time on it, and uh, they spend a lot of hours communicating with other people on it. So why not engage it uh, in a positive way and uh, see what good can come out of it? I think I think there's a lot of uh, like cultural norms at play. I feel like there's multiple levels to it. And like Antoine was saying, there's like a laziness piece where like parents thought that it was lazy, like it was like a lazy thing to partake in. So they kind of shunned it and put it off to the side and never really spent time trying to study it or try to understand it or try to see what's going on. What is my kid playing? Like, what is it? Why is everyone following this? What's everyone following? There was like a big like piece where it was pushed to the side and then none of that, none of those questions were being asked and none of those pursuits were being made. And I think like the cultural norms play a big role in it too. Like it's, it's cultural, it's a cultural norm on a Sunday afternoon. That like when, you know, you go to church and you come home and you can spend hours watching the NFL, right? Like you spend hours watching football, but like if you spend hours playing a video game, then you're lazy or you're, you know, like what some, like, some things have become normal that we don't question it, but video games were never like, ne not never for like a large, like the general church, the church in, in general, it was never like a normal to where like, yeah, to play hours of video games is normal, but to watch hours of TV is okay. Yeah. So then, you know, those norms were challenged and, you know, no one ever really, or no one, I, I, I try not to generalize, but for the most part, it was not pursued in a way where people try to understand, you know, what is video games, what's going on, what is this all about? And so that way, it, you know, it's been shunned by the church and has a negative light by lots of people in the church. Uh, John, you brought up a point that we want to have if uh, Dr. Linville is still with us. I'm not sure. I think he may have had some computer problems. Um, you know, one of the things we talk about within the sports ministry world, and especially within the theology of sports ministry, is um, Dr. Linville has laid out in uh, one of his books, one of his many books, and I can't remember which one. Um, the, the outline for a biblically defensible sport. Um, Dr. Linville, are you, are you still here? Oh, there we are. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we already even mentioned a couple of the, these different things as far as a redeeming factor, the rules around it, how those rules are enforced, you know, the, the managing coaching styles, the way that these coaches interact, the way the managers interact, the way the participants interact and the way the spectators interact. And so, you know, obviously any of us that have done any online gaming know that sometimes the participant and spectator in certain certain arenas can uh, get a little tricky in this area. But, um, Cody, we'll start with you since you're the one actually that really pushed for started the, the process of us having this talk. 
Um, where do you see video games kind of falling within this as far as the biblically defensible aspects? Is there actually some some way to biblically defend the idea of gaming within the church? Yeah, I think it's like, and like I was saying with, you know, watching TV and stuff like that, I think it's, it's the comparison of, um, you know, like what, obviously how much time we're spending on it, um, the content of the game itself. um, Like somebody said earlier, um, they were saying, uh, John was saying, you know, like not everything's GTA. So like, you know, the content of your game that you're playing is obviously very important. Um, and time is very important. Antoine was talking about that, that there's definitely some validity to spending too much time. And it's very quickly, you know, where it can become an idol in the sense where we're spending so much time on this game that it's not we're not evangelizing. We're not living out the gospel. We're not leading our families. And, um, you know, I've even had to take that into account for myself when I was streaming, when I'm playing and when I'm even spending time, you know, as I'm an avid gamer and try to, you know, cha- champion for it and it's use in the church and everything that I have to make sure that like I'm leading my family and leading my wife and my child, you know, that it's not um, becoming, you know, an idol in my mind. So I think it's, there's um, definitely some accountability that must take place um, that you can use it restfully and use it biblically. um, As long as it's not, you know, like an idol or taking up so much time that you cannot function as a, you know, working Christian for the gospel. Um, that's, That's my take on it. Yeah, and Dr. Linville is working on getting another um, graph, actually, that kind of goes along with what you were talking about. Um, one of those aspects that you were talking that on that scale, as far as the participants and spectators, um, before we get to you, John, Antoine, I want you to kind of jump in on, on this part of it, because we, we talked about the fact that you have actually created a space for believers to be able to gather and to be able to play to kind of knock out some of the participant spectator um you know for lack of better word dirtiness that we see in a lot of online gaming chat rooms and things like that so what what is it about the the community aspect that we we can provide within gaming as far as to to help us with being able to kind of show the church that this is actually a doable thing Yeah, I think just providing spaces, you know, people are going to just like sports, you know, people are going to play basketball, people are going to people are going to engage varying sports. Um, And we know that competitive juices (laughs) are are universal when it comes to, um, you know, competitive things. And that competition brings out the animal in us, a lot of us. And uh, and that animal is is natural, not supernatural. (laughs) So well, I don't know, maybe some people would say it's uh, got some level of supernaturalness to it. But uh, but for the most part, it's not God. You know, that's not the God space. You know, God's not sh- often showing up in, in how we how we just dunked on somebody or how we just, you know, nail someone from far away in Call of Duty or whatever. But um, but I think providing a space where Christian people can engage with other Christian people. Uh, enjoy the same things together. What it does, it creates a form, a, a base level bond between people that allows for friendships to happen and allow for relationships to grow to go beyond video games. Uh, this is an example. You know, we're talking about video games, but we, we, I'm, I'm, I met many of you guys and we're meeting because we all kind of have similar, similar affinity. Uh, but who knows what's going to grow out of this relationship? Um, and, and what happens. And that's just the way friendships happen across the board. You know, when you find someone and find a place to be and belong, uh, it helps. And so I think that 
sports provide that opportunity. I also think that when you do team things, when you work together towards something, or if you're playing a game with multiple people working together, team things uh, build chemistry and build familiarity. And, and um, you know, these are all things that we know happen in sports, but they can also happen with, uh, with video games as well. Um, when you develop squads and, and go at things and overcome obstacles and all that kind of thing. Uh, and so I think there's just a lot of value to building a community where you can sort of begin to, to close the door or try to close the door as much as you can and windows on the ugly side of chatting, game, video game chatting and name calling and racial slurs and profanity and all of the things that can come in that. And you say, hey, man, I want to do gaming and I enjoy doing gaming with other people. I just don't want any of that. OK, well, here's where you can do that with other people who love Jesus, love you and want to um, want to enjoy uh, some time together. So I, I think I think providing an opportunity is a is a positive positive it also is an alternative, you know, uh, to uh, to that other thing for other people who may not be necessarily looking for that, but may find that they don't have to settle for this other thing. But they kind of like the energy over here. So uh, could be also a, a witnessing tool where you say, hey, man. I was on Call of Duty with your squad over there. Maybe you should come over here, play with me a little bit, and they get a different experience, and you bring people into a new community, and then they realize, hey, it doesn't have to have all that energy. And now, now you guys are, you know, you guys are starting to talk a little bit more of the CSRM language of the evangelistic disciple making the the five Bs. Um, you know, that first idea, belonging, before we start to even talk about belief. Um, John, you're nodding your head enthusiastically. I know you know all about what we're, we're talking about here. You actually have been able to, to do this within a local church setting. So jump in here, talk a little bit about, you know, th- this idea of how, how, are, how is it that you as the sports minister um, presented it to your church? How is it presenting your church as far as the redeeming aspect of, of gaming? Yeah, you know, this is great to hear. These guys are coming from different perspectives and even a broader approach to gaming as a part of what they are involved in. And to be honest, uh, I probably relate a little bit more to what Dan was saying at the beginning. Uh, I was not a gamer. I didn't grow up with those systems. I could play a mean Tetris on my Game Boy, but that was about it. And so uh, I had to surround myself first off with people that understood that. And I I can go into that later of how we built that. But um, this all really for us spurred out of COVID, you know, we weren't allowed to associate or get connected or have community of playing sports together. And we wanted to keep up the conversations and the connection with our people and with the, their friends. And so we just thought, how can we be the Avenue for that belonging as you just referred to being a part of something. And so, we jumped in uh, like a lot of, I'm sure, church youth rooms. Uh, they have gaming systems sitting off to the side, and they weren't going to be touched. So I brought a PS4 back to my house, and uh, we just put a couple games together uh, of some bracket-style play. And so it allowed within our church, uh, for the majority of it, to start being connected to each other by setting up these tournaments and the brackets where they would share, you know, their gamer tags and they would play with each other um, by a certain date. And we created these uh, environments for them to stay connected with one another. Of course, they're having conversations leading up to it during the game and 
you know, able to add them as a friend on their list. But uh, that grew to using, you know, a couple different uh, tags and then them inviting their friends. Hey, we're having a Madden tournament. You want to be a part of this, right? And so we could start to speak their language, uh, things that would interest their friends. And now they're conversing with us. You know, they're coming to be a part of uh, our, our leagues or, or tournaments, whatever we're offering at that time. And um, it really had great connection. I'll leave you kind of with this little story uh, in the midst of COVID as everybody's isolated in their homes. Um, I had a dad reach out to me. Uh, and he said, my son is crying. I said, oh, no, what's going on? And his son was 13 years old. He said, he can't believe he just lost to Pastor John. And I was <laughs> like, felt terrible. I was like, I can't believe it either. I'm terrible at video games. I beat him. That's worse, and, John. <laughs> uh, he said, like, I'm not very good and I beat him. <laughs> but the dad said, man, I'm so happy. He said, thank you. He said, this has given us a chance to connect with my two boys and play and have something to look forward to. And we've been practicing together. He said, this has actually helped us in this tough time to grow our relationship and spend quality time together through video games there. So it led to some tears being shed, but it was a great moment within that household that we were able to facilitate. John, John's out here dishing, dishing rite of passages for for, yeah. for young video gamers. Be a man, yeah. take this L. <laughs> hey, I want one more. Oh, go ahead, well, Antoine. Yeah, well, one more quick thing is I think there's something value to also a lot of times when it comes to church and church people, there's this kind of otherness associated with church and other people, uh, uh, church people. And um, I think sometimes when we can just show that we're regular human people. You know, we're, we we enjoy the same things that regular people enjoy. Um, it closes a gap that that is there when you know when you're sort of the glass case, either the minister or the glass case, whatever Christian person who um, tries to season their conversation with salt, if you will, often. You know, but but they're like, oh man, this is a Christian guy, and they probably don't enjoy anything that's fun. And then all of a sudden, they realize, oh wait, Pastor John Games, what? He's he's a regular person, and suddenly, some ice breaks, you know, in that, and the opportunity to connect on a whole different level shows up. So I think that that part of it adds a significant amount of value to ministries uh, as a way to to sort of really get some more intimate connection with with uh, from a, from ministry to to, to students. Yeah, I would like to speak into that too, if I can, Andrew. Go for it. I uh, so I'm I'm a volunteer for our youth group. Uh, my best friend here at our church is actually the youth pastor, um, so I you know work underneath him side by side to help out with a lot of things, and uh, we kind of delegate responsibilities by age group. So like I am one of the middle school boys volunteers, so I'm in charge. You know, along with a couple other gentlemen um, working with the middle school boys in our church. And it is crazy, like Antoine was saying, like you like you walk in, you talk about that glass case and like you just say like, yeah, like I play video games and like all these kids just flock like they're just like they just they just come straight because they're like, wait, what? Like and like Antoine is like, like you're, you're human, like you're like, wait, you like it's when we see our volunteers and all the people serving at the church, like you like like you said, you get this stereotype. You're like, wait, these are people like these are real people and they enjoy the same things I enjoy. And there's one youth I'm thinking of in particular that 
he is one of the most shy people like you will ever meet. Like he just break, like he puts his face down. He, but then I invite, I talk to video games about him. He perks up and now we play video games all the time and we'll sit there for hours and we'll play and we'll talk and he opens up and he, but like, and it, and it was me meeting him where he's at, understanding we enjoy the same things, being passionate about being what, you know, about what he's passionate about walking alongside him in it. And then it opened up a whole new, whole new world of relationship that, you know, what wouldn't have been, not that it wouldn't have been possible, but, you know, most likely wouldn't have been possible if he hadn't have felt that, you know, ability to connect and ability to relate. So. And that, that actually is exactly where, where we were going to start heading is, is this idea of, you know, one area of redeeming this idea of gaming is this connection point. Um, you know, the, the term that we use within the CSRM was the, the idea of bridging the disconnects, um, be, whether it's the disconnect of, you know, from people that are, outside of the church coming into the church whether it's getting them out of you know in the sports ministry world the gym into the sanctuary whatever that may be this idea of connection that's what dr limbill has got the five b's up here you know the this first one of belonging through you know it is such a hard thing a lot of times for us to be able to do because you know we've the the world is so diverse there's all these different aspects to to people and how people feel about the church and people feel about christians and people feel about their neighbors but if we're able to to find that area where people can feel like they belong and especially with this age group um antoine and i talked when he was on ministry misfits about the the gap in young adult ministry and how young adults especially have kind of been alienated in a way by the church over the past 20 30 years you know, we we are able to find this connection point and actually make them feel like they belong. And once they feel like they belong, then we can start to have these conversations. We can build these relationships like Cody was talking about with that kid. Um, you know, John, John talking about even within not even just relationships that we have, even relationships within our church between a dad and his sons. You know, providing these kind of opportunities is crucial to that. Um, Dan, do you have any, any additional questions you want to, want to ask our, our panel here? Uh, I was going to turn it over to Greg English, but I would just say one, one thing that I picked up on here, um, is to have a very intentional plan with this. I think back to my youth ministry days when we would set up the video game systems as students came in, but there was no intentional plan for it. So I love what you guys are saying. And hopefully the wheels are kind of turning. You know, we have access to these video game systems. We know a lot of younger people in particular like it. We just, we just, I think, did a great job of talking about how we, we put down walls and barriers when people understand that we are human beings who enjoy doing certain things. But I think as we start to think about intentional plans that will enhance our ministries, that's when things can really take off. So I, I love what I'm hearing, but I'll turn it over to Greg English if Greg has any questions at this point. Well, actually, real quick, Dan, I want to jump on that and actually ask John to, to talk about, because, you know, Antoine and Cody have talked about how they stream on a regular basis, and, you know, they, they obviously know what they're doing with technology and with gaming. John, you already told us that gaming is not something you really have done past Tetris, but yet your, your church is actually running this league. So how did you go about the, the planning process to, to get it up and running, especially since it really was a, you know, not a last minute, like, let's just do this, but instead a, okay, now we've got to find something to do in the midst of COVID. 
So walk walk through a little bit. What is the planning process for those that may not be as technically inclined? Yeah, so it was um, a great introduction to GameStop uh, as I made my way in. Um, but first and foremost, like these guys were saying, uh, I connected with my youth pastor. Uh, I connected with our youth pastor here and um, just said, hey, do you think this is be something that might get some traction? And um, she was all for it. And so in that, uh, we started conversing about what type of games. And then I reached out to college kids and started talking to them because I knew they spoke this language. You know, they knew everything that we would need to set up. So I talked to a few of them. Uh, hey, what games are popular? What games might fit? Um, what is one that a lot of people would probably have that we could offer something up front to really get a good uh, launch here with that? And so as I started to build, we just used um, our social media platforms to advertise it, uh, to put it out there, had people share it. Uh, come to find out in the midst of all these conversations, one of my youth basketball referees is a video game coach at Ohio Christian University. And as these gaming teams are now making their way onto campuses, uh, he became a great resource just through conversations. And we had never talked video games before, but I started uh, learning some of the ropes of, uh, will this gaming system work with this gaming system? Or do I need separate uh, brackets? Do I, how do I get my online set up that I can share? How do we protect people that we're not just inviting and opening them up to anything is every church will want to protect their people right from that stuff. So um, just started having conversations, reaching out to people that knew more than me and pulling them in. And they took some ownership of that, which was awesome. Um, you know, they were able to not only be a part of it themselves, but then to set up the brackets and the timetables and the games. And if there were people that had questions, they couldn't get connected. They couldn't find who they were playing. Like they became the avenues to get those answers. And so it really kind of grew from there. Um, pretty, pretty cool because also they had a ton of time. There wasn't a lot of other activities that they could could or participate in at that time. So um, it worked itself out really well uh, just by using the resources of people that are around. So if somebody's watching this and saying, hey, I need to get into this, but I don't know where to start. I don't know what to look out to. You can reach out to me. I'll gladly uh, share the elementary stuff that I've learned, as I'm sure these other guys would too. But I would just encourage you, just start talking to those that are younger than you that are already in this space and spending time on a daily basis doing this. Uh, you'll find that they are pretty passionate about it and they can be a great resource. I think it, it supersedes just video games too. Like John, you just, you ask questions. Like I, I just think the church would grow exponentially in whatever ministry they're doing. If they would pursue like you did it, I love it. Pursue the demographic or whatever the ministry is that you're trying, whether it's video games, whatever, and just ask questions. And that's what I was saying at the very beginning, like we had the stigma around video games for decades since they came about where we didn't ask, you know, where our parents generation, as Antoine called it, you know, my parents were definitely a part of that. We're like, they did, we didn't ask. They just like, was, you know, just said, well, this is this and kept going. Just 
and sorry to interrupt, but just like any, like any ministry we're a part of, if we would just pursue and just ask questions like, what is this? What are you guys doing? How do you do it? Just how the church would just flourish if we would just be willing to ask. Yeah, and we're hoping to be able to ask more of these questions actually this year at Reach Gathering. Um, we're hoping to actually have this conversation. Um, so for those that are going to Reach, um, be on the lookout for, we're hoping to be able to, to add this into the tracks to, to keep asking these kind of questions. So speaking of asking questions, Greg English, do you have any? Yeah, it's really interesting that uh, on August 3rd of 2021, there was 26.6 million eSport viewers monthly. By 2023, there'll be 31.5 million viewers of eSports monthly. That's a massive number. So this is just some data that's recently just, just come out uh, from uh, it's a insider in the intellect is, is where, it, where it came from. But I know Christianity Today has written an article uh, entitled The uh, the Next Mission is the Field. A fellow by the name of David wrote, wrote, uh, wrote that article uh, in 2020. Sports Spectrum did uh, an article on a young man by the name, he goes by Verbo. And uh, he plays for the L.A. Think, uh, variant, uh, which is one in the Overwatch leagues or whatever. So he's very high at that level. Here's a guy that came from a broken home, uh, had a lot of struggles, found a place online to go back and talk about community uh, and, and what's happening. Found a place there, and uh, that's where, where he met Christ. And so now he's using that as a place to represent his hurt, the struggles uh, that he knew pre-conversion. To now speak into, I would assume a lot of people uh, within that 26 million are facing the same things, right? Uh, it, whether you're eight or whether you're 35 playing uh, those games. So I, I think we have to take note of the, the amount of people uh, that are engaged in this. Uh, but I think going back, Cody, talking about uh, educating the, the church and where people are, it's really having an understanding of, of the awareness of the increase of this. You, I think you guys are right. I, I'm a part of the generation that we played the Atari 2600 and we went outside and, and that was really it. Uh, but I raised two kids, one's 30 and one's 22, that gaming was a part of their culture. My 22-year-old, my I mean, he's uh, he follows the Chicago somebody. And they got jerseys. I mean, you got the whole shit made. So I think it's also helping uh, the generation understand the influences that out there. I mean, you're talking about major financial impacts that take place you're talking about branding that's happening you're talking about the, the traditional network uh of, of sports tv platforms uh, are now promoting that and are showing the esports interaction that's taking place and so I, I think part of the education for us is the awareness of it uh, are we having or are we creating spaces to have those conversations and i think you know that's part of that for me that pre-discipleship process Going back to the education, understanding the awareness, the rise of it. Uh, and then when I can see that as somebody, I tell my staff all the time, look, if you want to be refueled, then understand the culture where it's at. And I, as I just did some research on that, on, on this, it refueled me to understand there's a massive demographic that needs a relationship, that needs community, that needs interaction. And you're right. A lot of people are addicted to playing golf seven days a week as much as they are playing, uh, you know, whatever they play all night long on, on gaming stuff. So I think it's really interesting. So for me, it's like, what are the things that we're doing? What are the things that we can do 
uh, to create the awareness, to educate, and how do we pre-disciple disciple makers in this information to understand it, it does have a place where you can experience the five Bs in that process. That's a long question, but I'm fascinated by the stats that, that are out there. Well, I, I think I think one of the one of the ways it kind of sounds like you think your question is a little bit like what's the a good approach. Um, so, like strategically, like one of the things we do in our ministry uh, is we we've we've sort of broken up discipleship into four categories, and so we don't try to like make any one thing do everything, right? So we'll, we'll, we'll take bonus, right? So like what we have is heart, mind, soul, strength activities for us. We say, what is discipleship? Discipleship means that we love God, heart, mind, soul, strength, love others, heart, mind, soul, strength. And, and those four categories for us, heart is care for people, community, mind is teaching, theology, so forth and so on. Strength is activity, serving, being a part of someone else's growth. Soul is spiritual practices, worship, singing, prayers, um, fasting, so forth and so on. So these four things is what we, we think about with um, a comprehensive discipleship community strategy. And so we think, okay, well, video gaming, wow, there's a group of people who there's an opportunity there to connect people. And what category does that fit into? Well, primarily, it will probably fit into the community category for us, right? And so we think, okay, the biggest win for us is that we connect with people and somehow express intimacy, belonging, and care in that. And if we can measure that and say, hey, do people feel that when they connect with us in this way? That is for us, that's the purpose of that event. Now, when other things kind of come out of that, like sometimes teaching mind things, worldview things, people talk about lots on <laughs> when they're spending a lot of time on online. And so the next thing you know, you might end up in a, in a deep conversation about, about God or about why bad things happen to good people or what have you. So you might get a bonus. Again, this is the way we approach it. There, we might get a bonus there, or we might get a bonus with some spiritual stuff or get some serving stuff, but it's good enough for us to know that this one, this one thing is going to focus deeply in this one area um, and that we're going to really drive it here and try to get the biggest bang for that buck there, looking to invite people into the other areas that are more focused uh, as far as the more balanced discipleship community uh, offering. So it, 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 from a strategic point of view, that may be, you know, that's what, that's, the, that's kind of how we look at it. I'm, I'm sure there's lots of, um, strategic uh, uh, approaches. But that's one way that we look at it. I found that a lot of times um, in ministry life, um, sometimes we want to get squeeze more out of that, out of the initiative than what could be there. Uh, and then in so doing, it ends up feeling like a bait and switch to those who are a part of it. And, and the, whatever you've gained as a real person, you lose because, oh, you didn't want me. You just wanted to sell me, or you just wanted to uh, convert me, or you wanted to what have you. And of course, we we absolutely do want to convert people. I, I always tell someone, you just want to convert me. I'm like, well, if you're unsaved, yes, that is the end game of what I'm doing here. <laughs> so let's not be unclear about that. But I also do legitimately want to connect with you and know you as well. So figuring out the balance between that um, is part of what the strategy pieces are and trying to understand what is it what it what what does a win look like with video gaming and ministry, um, and not allowing that win to be too grandiose? Um, I think uh, could be very helpful.
Greg, I actually want to turn the question back to you because you are one that, um, you know, you, you oversee a large team in a, a, a good variety of ministries and ages there in your position. You've served in multiple areas and in, in different positions. So for, for you as somebody that, you know, if some, if somebody within Cool Springs is listening to this and saying, hey, this is something that I think would help us and help our community. I want to get this started. What is it that what what is it that you would be looking for them to come to you with um, to actually be able to start the conversation of getting this kind of ministry started? What, what are the questions that you would want to have an answer for? Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. We, there's a guy that just graduated high school that I'm aware of that is now going to a college and, uh, he's, he's studying the whole esports gaming system. Now that may be in terms of software development and all the money involved with that, but you know, he's a guy that, I, I, I tell our rec guys that that's our first, that's our first, uh, intern in esports. Let's experiment with it. He's got the knowledge. He's got, you know, the information, things like that, but I'm looking for the intentionality. Uh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking for that connect between. Um, first of all, knowing that what the numbers are out there, that's where people are. And so I'm trying. I want somebody that says, you know, I want to. I want to engage where people are, not where we think they are, but where they actually are. And I think the reality is, uh, this is where people are. Whether, whether I like it as an as a parent or don't like it as a parent, or whatever. This is the reality of where people are. And that, for me, I mean, you have to understand my mythological bent. You know, it's, it's pretty heavy. I want to be where where those people. are. Uh, so I want, I want to look for the intentionality of that. That's not saying that that's not a great way to create fellowship within the community of believers. That is certainly there too. Uh, so what's the intentional plan in that? Uh, then I want to, I want to be able to have this conversation of what does the path look like? And so when you go into this, uh, show me, is this a process that you're going to, you're going to engage these people when it done, or is this a process that, you know, here's the path where we get multiple connections uh, to the people who are playing games. What does that invite look like to come back to meet me on the gaming process or in that league? Antoine, you talked about a space to play. I, I think that's a really good thing that as you come and you're presenting this to the staff and people is show me the intentionality and show me the next steps to follow in it. And it probably, it probably slides down different avenues. It's kind of like the, you know, knowing that, okay, he's here on Tuesday night or she's here every other week or whatever. And, and so I want to I want to see some tracking in that area. Uh, I, I do want to know what are the conversations that we we have in our mind that as we get into this platform, what are the needs of those people? Why, why are they gaming in the first place? Is it an escape? Is it a struggle? Is it just pure fun? Are they competitive? Like there's a what's the demographic uh, scenarios going on there? So probably how how do how do they how are they prepared or how do we as a, a staff prepare? Our, our team and our volunteers to know when to ask questions, what questions to ask, what are some keys to look out for. I think that's all part of our, our role is called to equip and training disciples. So as we're putting people out there in those places, then, you know, what are we doing to train them to, to live and work in those spaces? It, it's really, actually, it's no different than me moving to the air world in a missions context. We, we just put our in a, in a, you know, an e-gaming system that I think we can take a mystical approach uh, to that. So I think it's developing things like that. So, uh, and I'm not necessarily, you know, I'd be honest, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying uh, I got to see these certain numbers. Uh, I want to see the baptisms. Don't, 
I may not say that. But what I want to see and what I want to hear and what I get excited about is I want to see the stories and the movements of these people that you're engaged with and what's happening in their life and watching them go through the process in a natural, formal way. I mean, I listen to some conversation my son has on at two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, this is crazy what they're talking about, but it's just natural back and forth kind of stuff. And, and so I, I'm kind of looking for those, those elements, uh, just being intentional with it, knowing that there is some accountability to it, but it's, it's natural. You're just living life with people in those zones. So I don't know if that gives you the full answer, but uh, those would probably be, if somebody came to me and said, Hey, I want to start this. And I would say, all right, come back. Let's, let's discuss these three or four things. You know, the, the nice thing that if nothing else, cause you know, for, for those of us within ministry that are listening to this, this sounds pretty much like the answer that you get for any other type of ministry, as far as what leadership wants to hear, as far as what, what's the mission, what's the vision, what's the demographic? Why are we even looking at this? Is this even something that affects our area? All that kind of stuff. But the fact that, you know, you, Greg, are saying into this thing that has this big stigma of either it's childish or it's not worth doing or it's a waste of time. The fact that you're saying we need to look at this the same way that we look at any other ministry as part of how we start this process of breaking the stigma down and allowing us to actually get into the nitty gritty of, okay, now if we know that these are biblically defensible and we know that this is an area that we can reach a large demographic of people, then how do we do it? We at least can start the process when we put on even footing with the other ministries of the church. So Dan, do you have anything else? Yeah, I think, uh, I think a great question for us to ask um, is very, very pragmatic. Okay, so we we know that we can argue from Scripture that that this is something that is a viable ministry, and I think we know that there's a need for it. It's where people are. Um, you know, Greg, I, I love what you just said. Some of the the numbers behind this that's that's crazy, and it's super. There, there's an awesome opportunity there for us to to really leverage this, but. Uh, let's let's kind of drill down if you guys don't mind very practically let's let's kind of think about people all right they've they've heard this they're excited now what what can they do and before we turn it over to you all i just want to remind you of a couple of things um we've mentioned the the five b's there's been some graphics that have been put up on the screen here if you are ever interested in any resource that csrm has that can kind of help you develop your sports rec and fitness ministry and including the stuff we're talking about here, we don't necessarily have something maybe uh, about how to start a, a, an e-gaming ministry yet. I think Andrew's going to write that book next. But uh, we're having the conversation. There's some good background that can help you in your ministries. And so we just encourage you to go to over, uh, overwhelmingvictorypress.org, um, overwhelmingvictory.org, sorry. And uh, our resources can be found there. Very specifically, I want to highlight the book, The Fundamentals of Sports Outreach. Uh, several things we've talked about can be found right there in that book. And I also want to highlight the next series of Tuesday Talks that we're going to be doing this fall uh, out into the winter. And so the next one will be in September, and that'll be September the 28th. And we're going to talk about fantasy football in particular. Now, at that point, that'll already be happening. But... Let's talk about how we can leverage fantasy sports in general in our sports rec and fitness ministry. Uh, and then in October, October the 26th, we're going to do evangelistic disciple making. We've 
we've used that language. What does that mean exactly? And how can you incorporate that into your efforts? And then the last one for 2021 will be November the 30th. So after Thanksgiving, we'll talk about leveraging the New Year's resolutions that are going to be coming up in January of 2022. You know, that's another great opportunity. People want to lose weight. They want to get fit. They want to get active. And so how can we incorporate that into the life of our ministry? So we just wanted to call out those couple of things there. Again, go to overwhelmingvictory.org to order those books there for you. All right. So real quick, you can also find on Overwhelming Victory for those that are also interested in other discussions about this whole thing of e-gaming and e-sports and video games. Um, there's a CSRM podcast episode from last June um, that I did with Kenny Thomas um, outlining this exact thing um, as far as how he came across video games as the way to, to work through COVID. Um, if you go to last week's Ministry Misfits episode, I actually had Antoine on and we talked the same thing as far as why video games work for pastors um, why it's a good good option for pastors to de-stress as well as some other other things related to video gaming as well as the unseen side of of just pastoral ministry so um, those are also some good resources for people that want to go a little bit further into this that that maybe can't wait for me to figure out how to write a book or uh or that can't wait for reach gathering here in a couple of weeks Lots of great information there. And uh, that's what we're all about at CSRM. So, all right. So we're rounding third and heading home. Uh, we've talked about, you know, theologically, I think we, we, we can argue this is a viable ministry. And so what can people do very practically to start to develop this aspect of ministry or a ministry in general? So I'll turn it over to our experts. Antoine, we'll start with you. What, what bullet points would you give people about where to begin? Well, I think the asking questions is the first, like any, like any step into any new ministerial direction, you need to kind of understand, try to understand where you're going, you know, where you're going and what, what it looks like once you get there and what are the needs and what are the touch points of the people involved. So what, what Greg was saying earlier about understanding the who's and the why's uh, for um, who's, who's there, what's there, why is it there? I think some of those things are very good. Uh, to understand, um, there's a significant technology learning position here where we've got to learn the games. We've got to learn what streaming is like if you're going to do streaming. Um, and so um, we like to take what we call the, the ABC approach. So instead of, you know, we look around our assets and you say, okay, what, who, who is around us that would be contributive to um, a ministry effort like this? And what do they bring and how do we leverage that asset? So um, who, who, who in your ministry is into gaming and, and who would be excited about uh, exploring something like this and bring them on and, and beginning to brainstorm would probably be one of the best first steps. Uh, and then I think you said, like you do with any ministry, you set a marker, some sort of marker, some sort of target. And you say, hey, we want these efforts to produce this thing. Um, I would, again, I reiterate, I don't know that you want to be crazy ambitious right at the very beginning, but you, you set a marker and you pursue that, that marker and you, you meet it and then you re reconvene and you set another and, and you grow the ministry that way. Um, I think it's such a new space that there's no 
conventional wisdom there. And so we'll learn as we go, expect to fall forward and, uh, but to keep at it. So. Some great insight there. Those are questions we should be asking in general, right. For, for churches. And, you know, if there's any way that, you know, this kind of ministry can help the church as a whole move forward, then, then we should ask these questions and see where it fits into our processes and, and go from there. So, I appreciate you sharing that, Antoine. Cody? Dan? Yep. Oh, go great. ahead, Cody. I, I got a poll question I want to ask in the end, but go ahead, Cody. You guys okay. finish, finish those points. I think, I think Antoine mentioned, uh, said it perfectly. Um, I, I don't want to – I hope I'm not reiterating it, but this is what I was thinking when he was talking. I think asking the questions is, is like listening to the answers to those questions is very vital too. Um, as much as we ask, we have to be able to mold and be moldable ourselves and be able to react um, to what the answers are as well, too, um, which I think Antoine hit on perfectly. I think I'm just repeating him at this point. But I, like I'm only like I'm 24 years old. My wife is a teacher. And so we do some some ministry at um, her school and just at her elementary school with fourth and fifth graders. Like they're sharing stuff all the time. And like I'm only 24. Like I'm not like. I, I feel like I'm not too old for the culture. I became a dad and that kind of set me back a little bit because, you know, I got to be, you know, I got since I'm a dad, I'm behind on everything now. But like, I like when I'm interacting with these kids, like they're sharing all this stuff. I'm like, what are y'all talking? Like I was in high school, like just a couple years ago, like in like, I would, you know, at school when, you know, school, even elementary school, but the school period, you have all these, like, this is what's going on. And things have just changed so drastically. I got an 18 year old sister and like, I've just, and even things with that, I'm just like, like we're like six years apart and like what she's going through is just so completely different of just how culture can change so rapidly. And so me thinking, you know, being a young adult, I think I'm still with it. And then I talk to my, you know, sister who's six years younger than me and I'm, I'm light years behind, but, it, it, but I had to listen and be able to mold and adapt myself, whether it's my wife's elementary school kids or my, my younger sister, you know, just sharing me, this is what we do now. Like, this is what, you know, teenagers are doing. This is what, you know, and I, and I've had to be moldable in myself be like, all right, well, I thought it was this way because this is the way it was literally two or three years ago. And, you know, mold myself to be like, okay, I thought I knew it, but now I don't. So I need to be able to be moldable and be like, this is what it is. Gaming, you know, anything, whatever, you know, the discussion is when you're dealing with, you know, specifically younger people, which is what video games are most, mostly associated with young adults, teenagers, that demographic. Uh, just wait till you're 40, Cody. Right, right. Wait, wait till you see that little kid who, who who's a little kid in your mind graduating, and, and you realize that you're you're now 42 years old. Yeah, that that's the move right there. Yeah, but 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 you're exactly right. I mean, things things just I I feel like since everything happened with with COVID, it just seems like things have just sped up so much. And and again, the church would be wise to leverage where people are. And when it comes to this topic here, that's definitely where, where people are. So, John, anything for you to, to add, anything that you've learned, any practical tips for people looking to start something like this within their sports rec and fitness ministry? Uh, yeah, I, I want to probably touch on what was just shared, but that is um, start small, learn the language, learn to speak the language. So uh, the guys are 
not staring at you weird at GameStop when you're talking about, hey, I need earplugs. And they're like, no, those are headphones. You know, whatever you've got to do um, to speak it. That way you can um, understand what's being spoken to you as you're listening, as guys have suggested here. Um, you know, I don't think every church needs to go out and buy a new gaming system. Find out who has one already. Um, invite, ask if you can play with them. Invite some others to get together. And then think, man, wouldn't this be great? And start casting vision. Uh, wouldn't it be awesome if we could just do this from our own? And how do we connect? Or who else is really into this that can grow? Um, that time spent together will help them uh, understand that you're casting vision, but then that they can be a part of building into that vision. And you're going to see that that's the disciple-making process. You know, everything that's been spoken here about uh, going to where the people are, that's exactly what Christ did. Christ went to the waters to call his disciples because they were there. Christ went to the well to talk to the woman uh, because he was in meeting her at their place of need, meeting her where she was. And that's what we're doing. We're meeting people where they are online, playing these games and uh, opening up some avenues and conversations. So uh, pray about it. Pray that you have those right intentional moments that God brings the right conversations to mind um, and then sit back and watch him work and enjoy uh, the ride. That's why I think the ABC thing was so cool. And as John kind of reiterated there, that like we can't, you know, here on in this setting on Zoom, just say, hey, go do this. But I love the, the practical models and the, you know, as we keep mentioning disciple making, as you guys you know, talk about disciple making in sports, like, the, the, it's almost like a freedom thing too. like take what, you know, take this, go to your church and then figure out for your local church. What is, what does this look like? And I think it's cool because there's not one, like, this is how you do it. We're going to write you a little, you know, PDF, like, you know, download it and look at it. No, like go do this and talk to your people, talk to your congregation, talk to who you're ministering to and see how, you know, this plays out. It goes a long way when we ask the right questions. Um, it certainly does. And I, I would say, too, to, to add to what you just said, John, not only looking at what you have, but looking how you can partner. I mean, a lot of this stuff happens online. Right. And so what groups can you partner with here? And we just encourage you. You've had three people share some really good things and, and, and reach out to, to these guys. See if there's some sort of partnership. See if other churches in your community are doing something like this so that you don't have to start from. From, from nothing, um, you know, when, when people are doing similar things and when a church is working together, great things can happen. Greg English, I think you had a poll question you were going to ask. Real quick, I, I have this a would be a good opportunity, Dan, what you were just talking about as far as connecting. Um, since you guys are all operating online, why don't you go ahead for, give us the, the connection point community aspect for for you guys before greg asks our, our closing question here so antoine where where can people connect with you in in this field yeah so our community our, our brand i guess if you will is pastors game two s t o o pastors game t o o and um and we're on facebook youtube and twitch but our predominant um community is on facebook we, I, I do some streaming stuff there and there's a page there with some followers, but we also have inside that page, a, a group, a face, a pastor's game to group where we accept uh, Christian minded individuals to be a part of that group and just, you know, share and chat with each other. And what's great about that is 
I'm not the center of that group. So I don't, I'm not, you won't see me there all the time engaging. It's just people engaging with each other and they're kind of just talking with each other. And so you don't need to be a pastor to be part of it. Uh, but um, it's likely that you're going to, you know, we're not going to do, there, there are some things we won't allow in that group. So, um, so we'll be really, we'll, we'll guard that to make sure that it's a, a safe and honoring uh, space. But yeah, so Pastors Game, T-O-O, looking for a group uh, to hang out with. That's a great place to find some gamer tags of other people to connect to um, and um, find other people. Or you can just engage with me on, on YouTube and, and Twitch. Cody, how about you? Yeah, so I have, um, as of currently at this moment, I've taken a, uh, like a, a break. I called, it, I called it a retirement on Twitter, um, but from streaming, because I was streaming on Twitch, uh, but I have picked up the technical production at our church for Sunday mornings, um, which is kind of cool to see the Lord use, you know, I was streaming online and then now I'm in charge of, you know, getting the stream up on Sunday mornings for our church. So kind of cool the Lord used that transition very well. Um, I post, I'm about to post my Twitter in the chat. I'm most active on Twitter than I am anything else. Uh, my username on Twitter is the forgiven. That's what was my username on Twitch. Um, I don't know if I'll, if I will be live on Twitch soon. I've definitely thought about it just coming back, just making it a lot less infrequent, but also trying to use that platform still. Um, but on Twitter, I just like to engage with, um, you know, the other Christian video game streamers that I built relationships with. Um, through my streaming on Twitch, I was able to build relationships with other FIFA streamers. The game I played was FIFA, who aren't necessarily saved or necessary aren't Christian streamers whatsoever. Um, so just I use my Twitter for a lot of interaction with other you know streamers, Christian and non-Christian, as I've tried to you know witness in that capacity. So my Twitter is the best way to get in contact with me or follow anything I'm doing. And John, we know you're not streaming, but is there any way people can connect with you um, in terms either of how you did it at the NAS or even to maybe even get involved with some of your online communities? Yeah, absolutely. You, um, I've heard the different platforms you guys have shared. We're on Facebook as well. All of our sports are on the NAS Sports is our Facebook page, uh, the NAS Sports. And you can go to our website, the nas.church slash sports. Uh, that's where we have all of our leagues and registration on there. And then just to connect directly, uh, you can email me, jkeating at the nas.church, and I'll happy uh, to respond and answer any questions or share resources there. Awesome. Greg English, go ahead and uh, give us some uh, a good question to, to wrap this thing up with here. Uh, so I've watched the progression of equipment come and go, particularly in my house. Uh, and uh, he even even sent one kid to a summer job so he had enough money to go back to college one year. Little did I know he was upgrading his system. So <laughs> there's a lot of things goes on in this gaming world for parents. You just don't know what's happening. Uh, but uh, so I really want to know, just uh, three of you, uh, there seems to be a movement towards the PC and using the PC versus the actual gaming box or I don't know what the right lingo on that is. Um, but so I want to know uh, who is using the gaming system or who is using PC? Is, is there a big, between the three of you, where, who's using the, the gaming system? I'm a console okay. guy through and through. Con All right. Who's anybody using PC? I, I was on PC. 
So, uh, oh, there Andrew's we go. Andrew's PC. a PC. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, okay. my daughter's on PC right now. She's going. Okay. So there, there there's a, there's a big move out there from the gaming system to the, to the PC. Yeah. And I mean, you can get the lighted board. I mean, you can get it all. It's, it's, right. it's unbelievable. It's out there, but like, uh, I think that's part of that, just that practical discussion, uh, knowing that yeah. equipment, it amaz- it amazes me. To, to be fair though, I'm not actually a PC guy. I'm a Mac guy, but you know, yeah. I, I don't have the uh, the toddler still the you're still with. a mad guy you know you're oh, yeah. you're uh, oh yeah you know, you, we, we you're going the way of the dinosaur toddler. here in a minute yeah I uh you know my 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 toddler controls the uh, the TV with Bluey and Disney Plus so the yeah. uh, PS4 <laughs> doesn't get on quite as often so the uh, the computer when it's not doing podcasting occasionally I'm able to to get on to to Steam and and things like that. I've even thought about ordering the gaming keyboards to give all our staff so they could type faster and get some work done. I mean, you know, those, those keyboards, they, they got a speed rate to them uh, when you click it. I mean, it's, it's so, crazy. so I was, I was on a gaming laptop. That's what I was playing on uh, mm-hmm. last year. Oh, there we go. See, there's the keyboard. Yeah, the last year, yeah. I was, uh, I was playing, I was playing FIFA and streaming all on one device on my gaming laptop. I was doing both. So I was using the webcam from the laptop. Yeah to play the game and to stream myself online all on the same device because those pcs are pretty powerful they can handle quite a bit yeah, yeah Craig, so. if you get the get the light up keyboards then you can write it off telling your your board of trustees that's to save energy because then you can turn the lights off and everybody can still type <laughs> there's electricity find a way is I, I, find yeah, a way yeah that's right yeah yeah have, have so, a vision have yeah. a plan yeah, that's it being be intentional about everything I don't know, Dan. Uh, uh, it's a culture out there, and uh, it, it's it's a lot that goes into it. So, from even language being used in terms of terminology, uh, equipment being used. Uh, again, it's equipping ourselves to work in the ministry. So, there, there you have it. Twenty six point six million viewers a month on it. Yeah, and I think this has been a great conversation, and uh, I'm just excited for uh, whoever's going to be watching this later, and uh, we're excited for those who joined us live. Um, this is one of those areas that that maybe you know started for some churches because of a problem, COVID, um, but now it can be a very intentional plan to make disciples, and uh, that's what we're all about at CSRM. So we really thank you for joining us here today, uh, John. And Cody and Anton, thank you so much for being a part of this. We really appreciate you sharing your expertise. Uh, Andrew, thank you for organizing this here today. And uh, again, we just want to remind you the next Tuesday talk will be September uh, the 26th, and we're going to talk about fantasy sports. So we sure hope you'll join us at uh, noon Eastern time then as we continue to talk about just some creative ways for us to, to reach people right where they are and to help them take their next steps with Christ. So with that being said, I'm going to pray for us, and uh, then we'll sign off. And uh, we, again, we, we just really appreciate everyone taking the time to, uh, to, to be a part of this here today. So let's pray. Father, we, we thank you. We thank you for opportunities that we have to be creative. Uh, Father, whether it be, be because of COVID and uh, not sure what we could do, um, Father, but we thank you that that e-games are something that is growing. And Lord, we thank you that your church is grabbing it and using it, Father. And so uh, we just pray, God, as you help us to be creative, 
We pray, Father, for our churches, for our sports rec and fitness ministries to be asking the right questions with, with this, Father. And God, may you start a movement of building community, of sharing the uh, gospel, Father. Uh, Lord, of seeing people one to Christ through e-games. And God, uh, may you give us the creativity. May you give us unity. Father, may you allow us to have partnerships. Lord, so that we can share resources, so that we can build community online uh, for those who are far from you. And God, may you take this and use it uh, all for your glory. So God, as we go our separate ways, uh, give us the wisdom and insight we need to just continue to expand our ministries. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, everybody. Tuesday Talks are a production of CSRM and their video production house, Overwhelming Victory Flicks. Dr. Greg Linville is our executive producer, and Andrew Fouts is the associate producer. To find out more about Tuesday Talks or to join our next discussion live, visit overwhelmingvictory.org backslash Tuesday Talks. To find out more about Cool Spring Baptist Church, visit coolspring.org. And to learn more about CSRM, visit csrm.org.